What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Coffee Shop Sports. Season's right around the corner. Last episode before the season starts, and we have a very special guest today. We've got Dustin Ludke here, who runs head for Dynasty Fantasy Football over at Dynasty Pros, and we're really excited to have him on the show. And also, I'm sure Kevin's excited to have... Yeah, pause that. <laughs> Kevin's excited to have another Bills fan here to back him up on his take. So really excited to have you here, Dustin. How are you doing today, man? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. It was great meeting you guys in Canton at the Fantasy Football Expo. I'm um, excited to get on, talk some fantasy football. We're a couple days away from the season starting. Uh, so meaningful football. Hopefully we avoid some more injuries this week. Uh, we'll see what happens. I know right before the show started today, we got the Travis Kelsey knee hyperextension news and that just felt like the first drop of water of the injuries are back with the season so that's uh not looking forward to that (laughs) yeah very tough but gotta say the fact that Dustin's here really makes me feel better about it because we're gonna have somebody to process our grief with um also I have a, a fellow Bills fan with me so uh you know sometimes on this show when it gets Bills it gets a little heated I think I'm gonna have a little bit more you know, Zach repellent today, Dustin. So I'm looking for you to, I'm looking for you to come in and, uh, and help me out when Zach right. gets spicy. Well, let's hop in here for the first sip of the day. I think before we get our first sip question in, let's just do a quick, a quick heat check on the Travis Kelsey news. And we'll start off with you, Dustin. How are you feeling with the hyperextension, worry levels, quick reactions? I mean, I'm worried because they play on Thursday. If they played Sunday, I wouldn't be worried. Travis Kelsey, he's a competitor. He's going to want to be out there. He knows it's opening night. He knows it's a big game. He's going to play if he can. He should only miss this week. So I'm not overly like concerned season long. But one week in fantasy matters a ton. When you're talking about your season only goes 13, 14 weeks, one game makes a difference. And you drafted Travis Kelsey in your first round, early in the first round, as basically this onesie tight end position. You treat them like a wide receiver. Anytime you're missing your first round pick in fantasy, it's worrisome, even if it's just four weeks. You could have theoretically started Travis Kelsey in the first, Cooper Cup in the second, and then Jonathan Taylor in the third, and you could just be sunk. Like your season could just be over. And that sucks. <laughs> I'm a little worried. I'm curious to see if he doesn't play what the receivers in Kansas City do, how they move guys around. Is it going to be Sky Moore? Is it going to be MVS? Is it going to be Kadarius Tony, Rashi Rice, whoever that is? I'm not overly concerned season long, but it definitely is a big letdown a few days before the game. Yeah, absolutely brutal. I am, you brought up a good point. I'm almost kind of a little excited to see now. We might get a little yep. earlier look at this receiver room to see how that break down. Cause that was one of the big questions in the off season. Like can Sky Moore take a step forward? Are we going to see a little bit more of Kadarius Tony in more of not gadget role? So, I mean, the Kelsey injury is absolutely brutal. If you, if you have him go check your waiver eyes right now for an option, because he's probably not playing this Thursday would be my guess, but I kind of echo you. I'm not really worried season long. A knee hyperextension is a lower on the threshold of injuries and it shouldn't last longer than maybe a week or two. So yeah. I'm with you there have quick takes at all yeah i don't think i'm gonna reinvent the wheel with my take compared to you guys i think i'm we're in lockstep the three of us sucks to miss a game you draft him as early as you do you want him for every game um do love the idea of seeing a a revitalized chiefs receiving court a little early i do love the idea of seeing Mahomes play left-handed 
Um, not not being able to uh, rely on you know 11 175 and three from his tight end that'll be fun to watch um my actual quick take my my hot I you know the idea that I, that comes to my mind is if you're drafting tomorrow like yeah. let's just say me um for example or tonight do you still grab Kelsey with a top five pick or does Kelsey become knowing he's gonna miss a game it's almost kind of like does, do you bake that into his ADP? Does he slide to the late first, early second? What are we thinking there, boys? Yeah, I think maybe it's a tiebreaker. If you were looking at maybe Eckler, Tyreek, Kelsey, maybe move him mm. to the back of that tier yeah. just because you're going to get a week up. But I'm probably not pushing him to the back end of the first for me. I still prefer him over probably like the Bijan crowd, Diggs, the back end of the first just because I don't expect him to miss more than a week. Um, but if you're, if you were thinking of him at the fifth pick, fourth pick, maybe that's a tiebreaker for you now where it was yeah. before. Yeah. For me, it's the same. Like, I think he goes to the end of that tier. I did a, a draft the other last night, two nights ago. I can't even remember what day it is anymore. Um, and I had the seventh pick and I was like, who's going to be available in seventh was like the first of that second tier for me. And now I think you can see Kelsey dropping there. I will say it will change how you draft. Cause if you draft Kelsey at five, six, seven, you know you're not going to have him week one. You have to then draft another guy either higher up. So maybe, you know, I took Kelsey. I'm not drafting another tight end usually. Right. Maybe now you're drafting a Tyler Higby. You're drafting a Hayes You're drafting something else in the 10th, 11th round instead of just punting that position. So it does change your later strategy, which I think then does change your top. So if you go Kelsey at six or seven and you would go wide receiver, wide receiver, running back, and you load up and then, you know, those middle, you know, 10, 11, 12 round when you're looking at another wide receiver, you know, running back depth, you're probably thinking, I need a tight end just in case. And I probably need a decent one. Yeah. Because I'm going to need him for week one and I might need him for week two. And who knows the severity? Like, you're probably not going to have news on this until Thursday. So you might right. need a better one. It might force you to draft a, a different tight end earlier. I will say this for DFS lineups if you do DFS on Thursday night, Noah Gray might be worth that. Mm. If they don't adjust his value properly, he plays a ton of snaps. He's been with the team for a while. He's athletic, had a great college profile. He could be a sneaky DFS play for real cheap in those lineups for those Thursday game lineups. Pause the tape. Uh, I think I'm going to go throw some money down on Noah Gray right now. <laughs> Hammer the over. It's probably like five and a half yards. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Early. I, he was kind of the guy that they wanted to be the eventual Kelsey replacement. I know he's been in a lot of dynasty circles for a while, so... We might get to see a little light of what we're looking at for the Chiefs' future with this wide receiver core and and possibly Noah Gray stepping in. So yeah. it'll be a little glimpse of what's to look ahead. But I appreciate you guys chiming in. I think we can hop into our first sip segment. I've been excited for this one because NFC, NFL season's right around the corner. First game on Thursday. So our first sip question of the day is going to be, what matchup are you looking forward to the most in week one to kind of see what you're looking forward? Kev, I'm going to throw this one to you to start off. Thank with you. And I appreciate you doing that because this gives me a chance to prove that I don't just always talk about the Bills because that's the one I want to pick. That's the one everybody wants to pick. Um, I know it. So I'm going to let one of you guys have it. I'm looking at Miami Dolphins, LA Chargers. That's a measuring stick game for both teams this early on in the season. Those are two of the teams that a lot would say maybe underperformed last year, given expectations. Maybe not Miami. They might have performed appropriately to expectations, but LA not even winning a playoff game last year, especially in the way that they lost the game. All the offseason talk about Justin Herbert, present company being one of the main ones who was kind of pounding the table that, 
hey, if we're going to crown this guy as a top five quarterback, let's let him show us that he's a top five quarterback. And I'm looking for that this Sunday against a good Miami defense. I think Tua Tagovailoa is going to go out there and probably do what we expect him to do, which is hyper-target Tyreek Hill, hyper-target Jalen Waddell, and throw for a lot of yards and a couple touchdowns. I think it's going to be, I think it has the makings of a potential shootout. And like I said, in terms of games where we're going to find out a lot about teams in week one, that's the one that I have circled on my calendar. Yeah, I'm looking at Baltimore versus Houston. More so, I want to see what Baltimore is going to be. I drafted Lamar Jackson and Scott Fishbowl because I think he has the upside of being the QB1. We know Todd Munkin's there. We know he comes in with this quote-unquote air raid offense. They got Zay Flowers, who I love. We'll talk about later. They've got Bateman. They've got OBJ, who I'm also big on. They've got J.K. Dobbins. They've got Mark Andrews. They've got Isaiah Likely. they got Charlie Kohler. they got all these weapons. weapons. He should be able to do whatever he wants against Houston. Houston is better than people think, but they're still not great. Baltimore should be able to go out there and put up 50 some points. Like if they come, if they don't put up at least 36 or close to 40 points, it's going to be a disappointment for us as fantasy and NFL fans. So I'm curious to see what we see. If my fear is that they come up score early and Houston can't match and then they just run the ball. It's Mm. just, it's this low run game with Dobbins and Gus Edwards and justice Hill and whoever else they have in the backfield. That's my fear. But what we want to see and what I want to see is this air raid offense and this new look Ravens where they're just airing it out that they're the greatest show on turf 2.0. That's what I'm looking for. I am looking forward to the Bills Jets. I think that's a good one, but I'll keep my homer picks so aside for now. Right. I'm inclined to think actually that if Baltimore is going to be that team, that juggernaut, that that they will want to show it this week. And we saw them do it a couple of years back against Miami early in the season. If you remember, didn't they route him like 51 to three or something oh, in week yeah. one? Yeah, I, I, last I season, wasn't it? Was it last season? I don't know. Rem- that was no, that was two years ago because last season was the shootout between them where they blew the lead late. But either way, we've seen it in that in, in these kinds of conditions early season. Lamar Jackson, he's he's got that competitive spirit. I wouldn't be shocked at all, Dustin, if he goes out there and throws for 404 just yeah. to show he can't. Yeah, I mean, that was my initial pick, so I love that you brought that up because I'm really excited to see that offense and kind of get, bring all the talk to go. So my pivot pick will be um, 49ers-Steelers is the game that I'm I'm looking at under a critical eye with Lance out of the building, all the chips in on Purdy. The Steelers have a good defense. That's never been a question. I mean, TJ Watt should be there pretty heavily. Um, I'm really excited to see what what that 49ers offense can do i want to see purdy's health level kind of who he's targeting if we're going to see a carbon copy of what we saw the end of last season or maybe he's a little more confident not just taking the easy checkdowns to kittle the a lot of screen passes to debo type thing is he going to push the ball down the field are we going to see more Ayuk? what does christian mccaffrey's role look like i i really want to see that offense and then on the flip side of the ball can this Steelers offense take a step forward? Kenny Pickett looked really, really good in the preseason. He looked mm-hmm. good at the end of last year. I was never a huge fan, but I think we saw a lot of flashes that he could take mm-hmm. that possible leap. And if he does, that offense could be really valuable for fantasy football. I mean, you're drafting George Pickens. You're drafting Deontay Johnson. You're drafting Najee Harris. There's a lot of hype for Jalen Warren. I mean, Pat Fryermuth is in, in the ninth round as a tight end flyer. Like, There's a lot of chips in on this offense. Yeah. And a start against the 49ers defense will be a really good test of like 
what can we see from the Steelers offense throughout the season? So that is a game I'm really looking forward to seeing this weekend as well. Yeah, and is Nick Bosa going to be there? Like, we don't we don't know. Like, yeah, that could change a lot of things, right? And we've seen, you know, people were drafting McCaffrey as a top three or four pick, and they're talking now he might be in a timeshare. Like, oh. who knows? Like, how many carries and uh, Coop, uh, Andrew Cooper, Coop Fiasco tweeted this. Like, how many carries does Elijah Mitchell need this week for you to not drop him? Like, is it five to 10? Is it 10 plus? Like, what does he need to do to stay on fantasy rosters? Or is he just always going to be there because of McCaffrey's health concerns and issues? So there's a lot of questions. I've said all along, San Francisco has a dynamic offense that doesn't get talked about enough. Uh, I thought they were a possible landing spot for DeAndre Hopkins, and that would have just put him over the top. Like, we don't talk about Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk as a top wide receiver duo like they should be. Like we talk about Hill and Waddle. We talk about AJ Brown, Devonta Smith. Like we don't talk about Ayuk and Debo Samuels. Like they're right up there. If they had a better quarterback, not saying Brad is bad, but who knows what he is. They'd be talked about up there. Like if they had Tua, they'd be talked about as the best duo. I like that. I like, I like where your head's at there with that. Cause I think 49ers fatigue is setting in a little bit. I think a lot of people are starting to look elsewhere in the NFC. I mean, Philly's the hotness. Uh, Dallas is a hot name right now. But I think that the 49ers are just, as long as they have that defense and as long as they have that running game. And, you know, I love George Kittle. I've heard he's questionable for this week, which is not exciting considering he's my dynasty tight end. So I'm (laughs) a little nervous about that. I, I drafted Kincaid to back him up. I think week one might be a little too early for Kincaid to throw him yeah. in the lineup. So I'm hoping Kittle can play, but I, I love the, I love actually both your picks. Those are kind of like, those aren't the marquee, you know, uh, matchups that y- you would expect in this segment to be talked about. So I think we, we did a good job representing the the football guys picks. Like, you know, <laughs> we're the, you know, we're the, the guys who are, are invested in, in the trenches. You know, we, we want that, that the deep cuts, right? Yep. We don't listen to the singles. We listen to the deep cuts on the album. <laughs> That's right. All of them. <laughs> Well, that means we get to move to my favorite portion of the show, which is where we get to be a little bit gut checky, a little bit more out of it, throw a little bit of the stats aside, the analytics where you're drafting players, and we're going to go for some bold takes, some spicy takes. What The last time we get to say stuff a little unhinged before the season starts and we get to see what real football looks like again, um, which I'm excited for because the preseason talk can get a little ridiculous. Exhausting. Exhausting, Yes. Well, yeah. Let's hold on to that ridiculous for a little bit longer. We'll be a little ridiculous here. We'll be ridiculous so get... now. We'll, we'll contribute to the thing that we're mocking. Um, exactly. Also, patented segment, Zach. Bold roast predictions for bold coffee roast shop. predictions. Right. Patented. This is a coffee shop show. There you in go. The first place. Got the cup. Got the coffee. I'm sure Kev has some sort of cheers drink. Oh, sparkling water. What are we doing? That counts. That counts. I mean, I'm just a regular water drinker. So, hey, oh, look like at it. you. Hydrated, you got a hydrated Dustin. king over here, Dustin. Let's go. Well, it's also, <laughs> it's also one thirty my time. So, you know, you're That's out in fair. California where it's still in the morning. So, Hey, that this is caffeine o'clock until 8 PM. <laughs> yeah. And, and Kevin and I got coffee this morning as well. So yep. we're really <laughs> fiends on it. I'm literally but shaking over here. I had to f- fuel the bold predictions ready. So we'll hop right into that. Um, Dustin, do you mind starting off with one of your bold takes? We're going to try and get through two for each of us at least and see where we're at after there. Do rapid fire if we run out. I'm going to, I'm going to throw you in the fire here. I'm going to let you start off with your first bold prediction. Top three quarterbacks in fantasy this year are going to be Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen, and Jared Goff of the Detroit Lions. Let me tell you something. Jared Goff is criminally undervalued right now. Top 10 quarterback. He was QB 10 last year. What did they do this offseason? Upgraded the offensive line. 
upgraded weapons. I don't see how he's not better than top 10 at least. Also, Jamal Williams had 18 rushing touchdowns last year. If you convert four of those, which still gives him 14 rushing touchdowns, which is an incredible number. If you convert four of those to passing touchdowns for Jared Goff, he moves from QB 10 to QB 5. Four touchdowns. If you convert six of them, he moves up into QB 4. Now, he doesn't quite get to one or two because he doesn't have the rushing upside, but if you attack on another 500 yards and a couple more touchdowns from what he did last year, he has a legit shot at being a top three quarterback. You can get him as like your QB 17 in drafts right now. So I, I don't understand it because he just has gotten better. Amaran St. Brown's into his third year. We know that's a magical year. He's going to get Jamison Williams back after six games. Now, he got him back last year, but he was dealing with injuries. This year, he's going to get him back healthy, and he's going to have he had the preseason to practice. Last year, Jamison Williams didn't have any of that. So he's going to get a good receiver back. I think Marvin Jones is a huge upgrade from DJ Chark. I think Sam Laporta is an upgrade from the not Hawkinson, but the rest that had the Brock Wrights and the Brock, you know right, yeah. James Mitchells. I think Jameer Gibbs is a clear upgrade from DeAndre Swift. I think Dave Montgomery is a better upgrade than Jamal Williams in terms of pass catching. The offensive line is vastly increased, so he has potential. I think he's going to be a top three fantasy quarterback this year, and you're gonna he's going to be a league winner for people that got him as QB seventeen. This is exactly what Bold Rose Predictions was made for. Calls like that, gut checks like that, Dustin. And you know what? You backed it up damn good. I am I am very, very in on Jared Goff. He's definitely, if you miss the late or the early round Hurts, Allens, Herberts, if you miss the middle round yep. Kirks, Geno's, Dax, you should be targeting Jared Goff with yep. your last pick in the draft because he's always there for some reason. I don't understand. It's very bizarre, but great call. It is very bizarre. And also you're talking about, he only had seven interceptions last year. Like his interceptions have dropped since coming to Detroit. So if he protects the ball, that just keeps drives alive. Also, if Mahomes doesn't have Kelsey, let's say for three weeks, does Mahomes numbers drop a little bit? Like to get up there, he's going to have to have guys drop. Does Herbert drop a little bit? You know, there's got to be some movement above him, but I think he has the stats to get there. I love it. Exactly why this segment. Powered offense. That's what we're here for. All right. Can you guys help me out real quick though? What you got? Sit start week one, Jared Goff or Tua? Because I have them in two different leagues and I'm struggling with who to start. Personally, for me, while you have the guarantee of Tua snaps, I'm taking it. As long as Tua is out there, yeah. And, and you know, the Chargers' pass defense didn't set the world on fire last year by any stretch. And like I said, I think that game projects to be a shootout. So, But so does Detroit-Kansas City week one, like Thursday night. I don't know. I like the idea of... I, I do think the Chargers' pass, de- pass defense is better than what we saw yeah. last year because they are healthier now. J.C. Jackson, and Khalil Mack, yeah. You have players there that weren't there at the end of last season right. where they collapsed. I do think Miami can still run the ball very well and Tua might not have as electric. And last time we saw Jared Goff and Patrick Mahomes, it was, it was fireworks. Yeah. It was a huge high-scoring game. That's true. He was on the Rams. One it's of the greatest games. Of a scenario. I think the Lions' offense can be electric. I think their offensive line is great. And even if Kelsey doesn't play, I think Mahomes is going to put up yeah. touchdowns regardless, right? I think I'd go jo- I think I'd go Jared Goff. And I love Tua so much. But I think week one, you might as well roll with what could be one of the most electric games to start the season. Yeah, and I do have an Amaran St. Brown stack in one of those leagues. So I think I'm leaning Goff. But that it ha- is that an helps. interesting discussion because I drafted them two rounds apart. And I was like, ah, now I don't know what to do. It's almost like it's a good problem to have, but it's still a problem that you're going to have to deal with every week. 
I'll say this too, personally, I'm a big believer in like, if it's the tip off game of the season, I want every piece I can. Let me get in on that. You know what I mean? Just because then there's skin in the game, you know, it makes it more exciting. And we're impatient here. So we want, we want, we we want Thursday players. Big time. Plus I I hate the Dolphins. So, you know, that, that, hey, look at us. Look at us. (laughs) We've been keeping it real light so far. We're 20 minutes in, no homerism whatsoever. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> all right kev let's roll forward you have the spotlight my friend what oh. is your first bold prediction for the season my bold my first bold prediction of the season is very likely going to get me canceled i had a great time doing the show with you guys um but i think the jets are missing the yoffs baby i do not see aaron Rodgers and the jets in the yoffs he finished 2022 with a pff grade of 77.5 I think the demise of Delvin Cook being bad is overstated, but he's slowly declining, losing 0.3 yards per carry each of the last three seasons. I'm the biggest Brees Hall fan that there is. I've even bought shares of him in redraft, dynasty, everywhere. That being said, the first year back from an ACL tear is always, always a harder ramp-up process. That's just something we have to accept. Garrett Wilson is going to set the world on fire. Don't get me wrong. I don't have a negative word to say about him, but beyond him, who are the Jets' really deploying at wide out Alan Lazard who barely had anything going last year with the same quarterback throwing to him Randall Cobb who has a hearing aid and and a metal hip you know I don't think so man I don't think that's that those are the guys me Cole Hardman the Tyreek Hill successor who wasn't I love gadget guys but not as my wide receiver three no sir which brings me to the Achilles heel of the team which is their offensive line it's beyond bad PFF ranked them at the 23rd offensive line, which is up eight spots from last year. And Rodgers is not exactly fleet of foot. Last year, he had the third ranked offensive line, and he was still sacked 32 times, which is just not good. Uh, I think the offense will be better. I think the defense is the strength of the team. If they do make the yoffs, it's going to be on the backs of Sauce Gardner and Quinnen Williams and CJ Mosley, I just don't see it personally. I think there's going to take too much time to gel. Nate Hackett's bad vibes and bad juju is all up in the business. I I don't see it, guys. That's that's I rest my case. I think the Jets are it. kind of one of those enigmas, man. I mean, you know I've been pumping the brakes on the Rodgers to the Jets for the offseason a little bit. Not that I don't think it can work out. I just think too many people are discrediting the fact that it could not work out. I mean, a new quarterback, new team, new system for the first time in his entire career. It could take some time. This team may not even gel until week six to eight. And at that point, you're in a really tough division and a really tough conference. Yeah. You might miss the playoffs even if you have a good record. And right. So, like, if you don't start the season off hot, take some time to gel. While I love, love, love the Jets defense, yep. this may be a next year kind of team. It may mm-hmm. not It may not pump. So, I'm, I'm in on it. I think it's a good bold take. Yeah, I completely agree. I've been saying all along, I don't think they make the playoffs. They don't win the division, right? The Bills win the division. So they're in a hunt for a wild card. There's three wild card spots. They're going to be in a hunt with Miami, Chargers, Baltimore. And then if, let's say, Tennessee. Pittsburgh, right? Yeah, Pittsburgh, Cleveland could be good. Let's say Denver's better. Let's say there's another South team that gets better, whether that's the Titans who are still making a push. Like, they're in a tough thing. And then looking at their schedule... Their first six games, Buffalo, Dallas, New England, Kansas City, Denver, Philadelphia. Gauntlet. They could go two and four in those games. Like they could win against New England and Denver and be two and four headed into their bye. 
It's not out of the realm of questions that Rodgers just gets frustrated and retires midseason. Yeah. Then they Monte come back. Davis. The, then they First come half. back and they have Giants, Chargers, Vegas, Buffalo, Miami, Atlanta, Houston, Miami, Washington, Cleveland, New England. Not a lot they of haven't. Laps. They have an easy schedule at the end with Washington, Cleveland, New England, Houston, Atlanta in there, but they could easily only win eight games. They could be eight and nine. You're right. They could go 10 wins and still miss the playoffs just because the conference is that hard. Do I think they're better than the Chargers? No. Do I think they're better than Miami? No. Do I think they're better than Baltimore? No. So that right. puts them out of the wild card right there. Do I think they're better than Cleveland? Yes. Are they better than Denver? Probably. Are they better than Tennessee? Probably. Yeah. But one injury, they could be done. Right. So I, I agree with you. I don't think they make the playoffs. I've been saying it all along. They're not making the playoffs. They're the Jets. Same old Jets. Doesn't matter who's a quarterback for them. They're still the Jets. I, I don't know if you, you're aware of this, Dustin, but they're also a trendy Super Bowl pick. Of course they are. Is there, just... you, you have to vote with a back-to-back MVP, right? Like that's that makes sense. But And the odds are great. That's the problem is the odds are really good. And people go, well, the odds are great. Well, yeah, cool. But there's reason why their odds are so high. So trendy. They're not gonna. They're not gonna make it. <laughs> Hearing it left and right and center, and I'm just like, I don't. I, and people nope. are like mad if you say like that you don't think they're gonna win the Super Bowl, let alone make the playoffs. Like yeah. I feel like we're in some murky waters here, boys. It's been yeah. great knowing you. <laughs> well, unless you're right, and then it's. Oh yeah, then yeah. I'm posting then this good. on February second, and I'll I'll do a little dance on their on their grave. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> well, I'm gonna bring it in here. Let's Take go, Zach bold pick here um and this one i mean is on brand for me but not only do i think that we see some positive some well-due positive touchdown regression for deontay johnson but i think he cracks double digit touchdowns for the first time in his career five his rookie season seven sophomore and then eight his junior season three just steady progression and then he dropped a record zero touchdowns last year he had 86 receptions and zero touchdowns it broke the record unprecedented so we all know there's going to be some touchdown regressions but i actually think he's going to take it a step further lead the steelers in touchdowns get double digit for the first time in his career and show people that he's he's not a no touchdown guy we saw years and years and years of antonio brown being a huge touchdown guy in pittsburgh they don't care about what size of receiver you are in the red zone He's seen significant red zone targets his career. They're, they don't shy away from that. They like those slot touchdowns. They like the easy like people that can get open in the red zone. Mike Tomlin is not a throw up and fade kind of guy. He likes the guaranteed touchdowns. And I do not think it's ridiculous to see this Pittsburgh team take a significant step forward. I don't expect Kenny Pickett to be elite, but he doesn't have to be elite to have this offense take a large step forward from what we saw last year. I expect Deontay Johnson to still stick around his 120, 130 targets. If you get 10 touchdowns on those, I don't think it should be a shock at all. I think he can take a large touchdown step forward and be a really good contender for wide receiver this year. I completely agree with that. I, I don't see how we can go, oh, he had zero touchdowns. People were saying that about Miles Sanders two years ago. Like, oh, he doesn't score. Came back and scored 11 rushing touchdowns. In that year, I was doing research. Guys who have 100-plus touches – and score one or zero touchdowns, there's been like seven in the history in like the past five years. All of them have gone on to score more touchdowns. The only guy that didn't is LaVisca Chenault, who two years ago had 99 receptions and scored one touchdown and then obviously had like 36 the next year. He had 99 receptions one year? Yeah, he had 99 targets. Sorry, 99 targets. Yeah, 99 targets. I'm talking 100 basically opportunities. So there's no way Deontay Johnson has 100 plus targets and scores zero touchdowns again. I think that's an outlier. 
it happens every year. We see one or two of these guys do it every year. There's about three people that do it that get in that hundred range of either targets or carries. I think I agree with you. John Chance is going to have a great year. I like George Pickens, but he's uh, got some issues with his character. Like he could definitely get frustrated and phone it in at some point. So yeah. I think that's a great take. I do too. And and I like the nature of it because he really took the bold roast seriously. Like this is bold roast with yep. a shot of espresso. Like yeah. he could have just said is a top 16 fantasy wide yeah. receiver or has a thousand yards or yada, yada. This man said double digit touchdowns for a guy who's touchdowns. never done it in his career. And, 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 and it's, it's, it's important to note that like, this really is actually a gut check. Like this, this is very on brand for Zach. Like he's, he loves Deontay Johnson so much. And, and wait, I've, I've joked about it on the show before, but him and I have had some serious, like he doesn't settle a debate here. Okay. Okay. Because it's okay. Like I, I'm in on Deontay. Like, all, all the fade talk, all the hate. I'm. It's that's the old me. I've seen my ways. <laughs> I've reformed. I'm good. But Zach has this quote that he says that he likes to he likes to bring up regarding Deontay Johnson, where he says he could be he could have the ceiling in a different offense of Stephon Diggs. And I don't agree with that personally. I think it's a bridge too far. That might be a little too spicy for me. I think that's that's bold. He gets a ton of targets with the Steelers because they haven't had much else out there. Claypool, we've seen, has just been okay. Juju, just been okay. Diggs, to me, is just a different type of player. Top five at his position, I think, I mean, perennial. Diggs is just that guy who can do more with the ball in his hands than I think Deontay Johnson can. I think Deontay right. Johnson is a great receiver of the football. He's yeah. not a great player with the football like i think he gets the ball and he gets tackled he doesn't get a ton of yak as far as i know whereas stefan Diggs, you get him the ball stefan Diggs is going to fight for those extra two yards i think deontay johnson goes down at first contact i don't see him breaking a ton very of tyler lockett-esque yeah like he's he's great <laughs> obviously i think deontay's good but even if you move deontay johnson to let's say you swap him and Diggs on the bills i don't think deontay johnson commands the more lower of the ceiling yeah i think the ceiling comes down because i don't think he demands the targets i think when you play the Steelers, you don't account for Deontay Johnson. You go, he's there. When you play the Bills, you go, okay, where is Stefan Diggs? We're going to game plan Bracket for coverage, him. yeah. I don't think you do that with Deontay Johnson. I think he's underrated in that aspect, but I don't think he has that game-breaking, take-over-a-game uh, ability that Stefan Diggs has. But I do think I think he's a great receiver, and I think he's definitely going to prove people wrong this year. I like the measured approach. I mean, you know how I feel about it. <laughs> I think Deontay and Diggs' first four years of their career are like eerily too similar in terms of stat production. I mean, Diggs didn't even put up a thousand yards until his fourth season in the NFL. Kind of yep. always was that like, I mean, that was the mindset of him. He was always the B to Thielen. He couldn't it's be true. the one type of guy. There was a lot of hate thrown his way. Couldn't get all the touchdowns. And then you brought him to Buffalo. I mean, there was a lot of hate. Even then they were like, we've never seen a receiver transition at this point in his career and get yeah. better. And all of a sudden he ripped off 1500 yards for yeah. the first time in yeah. his career, eight touchdowns, then 10, then 11. I just think the parallels are there to where we may never get to see it. Right. But I think a lot of that could be Deontay doesn't command the attention because since big Ben retired and even in his last years, the Steelers offense hasn't commanded that kind yeah. of attention. You didn't have to worry about him ripping it down the field if we see a better version of that with Pickett. I think the narrative could change a little bit, and the double touchdown, the double digit touchdowns would certainly help my case. I just I love that, Zach. That's such a gut check. I, I love that. If Deontay Johnson has 100, 
catches and puts up, you know, 12, 300 yards and has double digit touchdowns, then I think that conversation is definitely a lot closer. I agree. I agree. He he can go out there and he can go we'll out see. there and prove it. I will say, Dustin, I, this is one of my favorite narratives. Do you remember a couple years back? And this has nothing to do with Zach's take. Zach's Zach's take is a lot more measured than this. But do you remember a couple years back when Diggs made Allen? Aren't yeah. people thinking now like it's they made each other, baby? They this made whole, each other. The whole notion of chicken and egg is that receiver right. makes the quarterback or quarterback. stupid. Right. It, it goes all the way back to Montana and Jerry Rice. Was Montana the quarterback that made Jerry Rice better? Was Jerry Rice the wide receiver that made Montana better? I think they they play off each other. You have to have one without the other. Chemistry. We very rarely see a, a dynamic quarterback all of a sudden produce this receiver, and the receiver goes elsewhere, and he sucks. Right? It's always one or the other. We saw it with Montana. He left and was still good when he went to Kansas City. Now, of course, he was the end of his career. We saw Steve Young play well with Jerry Rice. We saw Jerry Rice leave and have decent years. Not great. Now, again, oldest career back before free agency. We've never seen a guy be a top 10 wide receiver leave and go elsewhere and suck. Tyreek Hill, great receiver, but he goes, oh, he's going to Miami, not going to be great. Well, did he make Tua better or is Tua just good and Tyreek Hill is good because it's like, it's, yeah. it's, it, it's, it's, it's not chicken and egg. It's they both feed off each other. So I agree with you. It's not, there's this dynamic of Diggs made Allen or Allen made Diggs. I think they both work off each other. Their, their friendship, their competitiveness, their nature, I think just helps build each other up. Yeah, no, I think you, you nailed it on the head. And I, I couldn't believe my ears when the, I heard that tide shift to, oh, you know, Diggs is better because Allen. I'm like, I remember a couple years ago it was the other way around. But I love that. I love that they're both great. I love. And we're doing great. this now with DJ Moore and Justin Fields, yes. right? It's DJ yes. Moore is going to make Justin Fields so much better. It's no, it, maybe it's not. Maybe Justin Fields is just okay, and DJ Moore is just okay. Can and we get be a temperature okay check on on DJ Moore, Dustin? Because I've been fading him. In drafts, I, I'm. Thank you. Okay, see, I'm I've never been a that. DJ Moore believer. I thought he was an okay receiver who was the top receiver on his team, and now he's just still just an okay receiver on an okay team. Yeah, Zach and I were saying he's one of the guys who could pull receipts on us and and make us look bad if he goes out there and you know does. Yeah, what if he goes out there and, and puts up huge numbers, sure, but I don't see it. I don't see it in his production. I don't see it in his game tape. I don't see it on that team. I think he'll be a low end two, yeah, high end three, right? Like he'll he'll probably be a volume play. Yeah. I have some spike weeks. Um, we ready to yeah. keep this show on the road, or you got something I else, Zach? We are. No, Dustin, yeah, no, we're keeping it on here. We're gonna go take two for you, man, and the floor is yours. Well, since we've been talking about Deontay Johnson, the guy that I think has the Deontay Johnson there just this year is Garrett Wilson. I think Alan Lazard has more touchdowns than Garrett Wilson this year. Listen, Garrett Wilson is good. So is Deontay Johnson, but we know Aaron Rodgers has his affinity for his guys. And Alan Lazard is his guy. He basically demanded that they bring in him and Randall Cobb. Last year, Gary Wilson had 19 red zone targets, four touchdowns. Alan Lazard had 17 with Aaron Rodgers and had six touchdowns. Gary Wilson, six foot. Alan Lazard is six, five. He is a massive, he's basically a tight end who can run out there. He's what everybody wants, Dalton Kincaid and all these guys like, oh, they're going to be big slot guys. Lazard is going to be out there. Lazard has the chemistry. There's a, there's a, I believe that Alan Lazard will have six to eight touchdowns, maybe get to close to 10. And I think Garrett Wilson could see 150 targets, catch 110 balls, have 1,200 yards and have one or two touchdowns. Like it's, it's not all the realm of possibilities that he just has a disappointing year because he doesn't have that chemistry with Rodgers. We didn't really see it in preseason. They didn't get a ton of time together. Rodgers is Rodgers. He has his guys. 
there's a reason why they brought in Lazard and Cobb. Like, there's a reason why those things existed. It's not like they were like, oh, let's just bring him in and play with Garrett Wilson and Elijah Moore. He was like, no, I want Lazard. Like, okay, we'll ship Elijah Moore out. We're obviously going to keep Garrett Wilson because he is a transcendent talent. I just don't know if the chemistry is there. So I'm saying Lazard, Alan Lazard will have more touchdowns than Garrett Wilson. It'll be really close in fantasy points just because I think Garrett Wilson gets the receptions and gets the yardage. But I think touchdown total, I think you'll see Lazard with I was going to say eight, and I'm going to say Garrett Wilson will have two. No, that's pretty bold. I mean, from where Garrett, Garrett Wilson's being drafted is like a top six to ten wide receiver yeah. in most drafts. Like you want those touchdowns. I, I'm I'll probably stay on the other side of this because I've always been an Alan Lazard like not a fan. I think he's <laughs> probably the best run blocking wide receiver in yeah. the NFL. I mean, he's an absolute tank when it comes to running, and I think. That'll be incredibly valuable for this Jets team because, as we mentioned, like the offensive line is a little shaky. I love Garrett Wilson though, and I want mm. him to have ten touchdowns so bad that I think yeah. I, I think I've forced my heart to believe it, even though maybe my brain doesn't believe it. So I'll, I'd say the other side, but it's in the realm of possibility. I mean, who knows with Aaron Rodgers? He's such a he's such a like almost a homer of himself. Yeah, that it's it's hard to predict what he's gonna do. And we keep talking about Garrett Wilson, like that he had this amazing, amazing rookie year. Like, yes, he was good, but he only put up four touchdowns. He didn't have this great year. It's not like he was Jamar Chase putting up 13 touchdowns or OBJ putting up a ton in half a season. Like, he had a very similar season to Chris Olave. Mm-hmm. You know, 72 receptions, uh, uh, 40, uh, 10, 42 yards, four touchdowns for Olave. I, I don't see Garrett Wilson as this, like, all of a sudden he's a top five guy that people are drafting him as. I just don't see, especially with a new quarterback. We've seen when teams get new quarterbacks, it takes time to develop that chemistry. We just don't see it happen right away. Outside of like Tyreek Hill last year, who is just a clearly dynamic receiver. Remember, it's only Garrett Wilson's second year. Like there's a possibility that he is just a okay receiver and he's not a top five guy. Yeah. And sophomore slumps are a real thing. So I think everything that you brought up is very valid. I'm inclined to, I did kind of just in my argument for against the Jets, uh, I did kind of dog a Lazard a little bit. So I don't want to, you know, I, I, I'm a big proponent <laughs> of like, don't hear what I'm not saying. He, he's a fine wide receiver three, yeah. honestly. And I think if he's going to make his hay anywhere, it's going to be in the red zone. So I, I, I like the nature of your pick. I'm, I'm, te- I'm, you know, this is bold rose predictions. We're supposed to get crazy. Yeah. Um, I do think I'm going to lean on the side that I, I think Garrett Wilson has, I think two touchdowns is like, that's blasphemous. I like, <laughs> I like the boldness of it, but I think you're like, you're getting into like tar and feather territory over here. Yeah, I, like, I don't think. Don't hear what I'm. I'm not saying Lazard is this magical player that you need to draft. Like he's gonna have seventy receptions and have eight touchdowns. Like he had sixty receptions last year and had six touchdowns. Like he can score one out of every ten receptions he has. I don't see him being this you know massive like oh my gosh he's a top superstar. He's certainly not that, but no. I think he's a decent wide receiver too that you're getting really late and will be this touchdown guy that people will go at the end of the year, people are going to go. Yeah. My, I won my championship with Alan Lazard and, you know, Tyler Higby and Deontay Johnson. Right. And I drafted, you know, I drafted, you know, Isaiah Pacheco and Rashard white late. And they're like, yeah, your first round picks. Maybe you did get, um, you know, Mahomes and a Kelsey and you have that stack and it works out for you and you can get by on these lower end guys. Yeah. I, I uh, definitely agree with you though, that Lazard, at his ADP, if he has the kind of season you're projecting, yeah. he will be in the league winning or, or you know, even just a a, a survival start, like a flex guy that you yeah. just have to throw in because somebody's hurt or whatever. Like, I, I do 
I do really respect the nature of the pick, 100%. I love it, man. I love it. Very bold. Well, Very Ken, bold. you have the spotlight, my friend. All right, my, my, next, what you got. my next bold roast prediction is, look, I've already said it a million times, and I'll say it a million more. I'm not a homer. No, I'm a homer. I'm 100% a homer. <laughs> but this pick is not homerism. This pick is playing the odds, okay? I think an NFL team is winning their first Super Bowl this year. And I think my two best bets are the Bills and the Bengals. I think one of those two starving fan bases is going to get to have the parade and they're going to celebrate because my main reason is numbers. It's it's strictly a numbers game, guys. There have been 57 Super Bowls and there are 20 NFL teams that have won a Super Bowl. We're due, baby. One in every three years, a new team wins the Super Bowl. And when was the last time a team won their first Super yeah. Bowl? Think about it. Philly? Uh, yeah, Philly. Right? We're six years. We're year. so due. Tw- the 21st team is going to win hoist their Lombardi, and it's going to be Buffalo or Cincinnati. And the numbers are just raw. They are just what they are. And that's, look, Tom Brady's retired. Ding dong, the witch is dead. Yep. That, the, the, you know, Buffalo's got a little bit of freedom there from the from the shackles of losing uh 40 straight games to a division rival um and also let's let's look at it like this not even just buffalo cincinnati has been on the doorstep of or in the super bowl really realistically i want to say three years in a row or two years in a row no they they're they're lights out and and you know for all for my money i think there's no question and and this isn't a hot take this isn't a bold rose prediction but buffalo kansas city and cincinnati are going to be there when the chips are down those will be three of the last four teams standing in the AFC and the odds that Kansas city, you know, I mean, sheer numbers, do they go again because they've gone how many years in a row sheer numbers? Eventually they're, they're due to regress a little bit. And the likelihood that one of the field of Buffalo or Cincinnati steps into it and then takes care of Philly, San Francisco, Dallas on the other side of the table. I feel pretty good about it. So that's my gut check. If I were to hedge, I'd say Hertz gets his first ring. That's my only hedge. And then somebody's getting their first ring no matter what. But I think it's going to be a team. I think it's going to be Buffalo or Cincinnati. And I think because I'm superstitious, I'll say Cincinnati. <laughs> hey, I love it. I would I would love a Bill Super Bowl. I keep telling people I just want one in my lifetime. I'm 40 years old. This is my best shot. Like this year is my best shot. I have a lot of concerns about Allen's health in the future and our window with Diggs is coming to a close. And this is the pessimistic me. I've got two more franchise quarterbacks after Allen, right? Allen's got five more years, let's say, maybe 10. But let's say you give him five. That puts me at 45. It takes you five years to find a guy. That puts me at 50. You get 10 years out of that guy. That puts me at 60. I get five years after that to find the next guy. That puts me at 65. And then I get 10 years with that second franchise quarterback. That puts me at 75 years old. I've got a couple more years with Allen, then I've got two more franchise guys left in my lifetime. I need a Super Bowl. I just we, need one, guy. It's got to be Allen. That's all I need. I just need one. I'll obviously be. take more, but I'll just take one. If I can have one in my lifetime, I'd be so happy. And I'd rather it be sooner. I don't want to wait till I'm 75. <laughs> I want one now. Let's get a Super Bowl. I agree. Now. No, rip the Band-Aid off, Dustin. This, yeah, this, let's do it. Let, let's, let's do it this year. Let's just make it let's happen. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've talked to Kevin about buffalo's window being a little shorter than people think yes um digs is getting up there a little bit they spent a lot a lot of money on certain players um and they they haven't necessarily drafted a ton of 
youth that has panned out. So I think their window is a little shorter than people expect. Davis is in a contract year. He could be gone at the end of the season. I love Dalton Kincaid, but it's like you have a window here that like you want Allen in the peak of his career, and this yeah. is the peak of his career. But as Kevin brought up, I mean, I, I would take Cincinnati here. I think they're kind of in a similar situation where Higgins' contract is coming up, Burrow's contract is coming up, Mixon is obviously already declining, yep. and I don't think they keep their defensive coordinator after this year. I think they brought him back for one more and then he's going to go take a head coaching the last dance. Else. So you have two of these, yeah, you've got two of these teams who are, who are going to be great teams for a long time, but are in a Super Bowl window now, and those tend to shut sooner rather than later. So yes. I love it. I think one of them can do it. Yeah, it's going to be. Uh, there's going to be a team who's ho- hoisting their first Lombardi, and you know, I'm. Those are my two, uh, my two main, main. You know, my front runners. But if let's just say a team comes from the woodworks, let's just say C.J. Stroud goes out there and wins one for the Texans, this still cashes. Just saying. Yeah, I mean, if it's not the Bills, Cincinnati be a great pick. I would love to see the Lions win one as well. Yes. But yeah, those are the teams that I would – yeah, I would love – I love C.J. Stroud. Tougher so path for Detroit. Yeah, yeah, I love C.J. Stroud too. All right, well, I'm going to round off our, our bold predictions here. Uh, I, I kind of toyed back and forth between two here, but I've been feeling this one a little bit more. I think J.K. Dobbins is being absolutely slept on in drafts, in, in mm-hmm. real life. And since the draft. So I'm going that he is top 10 at the end of the year in fantasy points. I think he can make that leap. Coming out of college, he was touted as one of the best runners, like, you know, like the next Nick Chubb type runner. He's dealt with a slew of injuries, which has really, really held him back. But that's not really why I think he can do it. Why I think he can do it is that, like we've talked about all offseason, this, this is a different Ravens team. We are not going to see the Greg Roman Ravens team that's just ground and pound. The way I think he can do it is really as a pass catcher. We saw Mark Ingram when he was with the Ravens get a slew of touchdowns. He got a lot of receiving touchdowns too. They like to throw it to him in the red zone. I don't think Lamar is against throwing to the running back. So I think Gus Edwards as the backup is great, but J.K. Dobbins has a stranglehold on this starting role. He's a phenomenal runner of the football. I think he's the closest thing to Nick Chubb when he's healthy, just his feel for the gaps and the position. He does have that breakaway speed. We didn't see it as much last year because he was coming off that really bad knee injury, but Mm -hmm. I think we're a little far removed. I think he can make a full recovery from that. And I think he could have a lot of touchdowns if this offense pans out. And I think that can propel him with some receptions that we didn't see previously to a top 10 running back season. And I think right now where you're getting him in drafts, that's league winner territory. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's great. I I think you're right. Dobbins is a dynamic player and he just hasn't had the health to get there. We are expecting the Ravens to have this high powered offense and we could see a similar uh, Detroit light where they get close with their receivers and they just run it in with a guy. So Dobbins could definitely have a ton of touchdowns. I think you're right. He could be a top 10 guy. Yeah, I like it. And I like it because I would say it's bold to say top 10, I think is productive would be like a, a pretty like healthy prediction. I mean, the thing with JK Dobbins is he's being left for dead in drafts. If yep. you think he's going to be top 10, but in general, I'm still of the belief that like, I don't know, man, huge health risks, like that they just bring this little extra i i know that it's i know that it's foolish and i know that injuries play too much of a role in you know burning you and it becomes emotional right i i'm aware of that but you know what i'm emotional i'm an emotional <laughs> guy and jk dobbins 
still to this day, I, I think I might want to see, because he did do it in the back half of the season. Yeah. Year. That can't even be denied. Like he, he came back, him and Cam Akers both came back and were pretty decent for fantasy down the stretch. So we can't say we haven't seen it because we have. So let's, I guess for me, it's a sample size thing. Uh, let's go out there and see it for a 17 or, or even let's just say 15 out of 17. And I might be willing to, I might be willing to forgive everything that's happened and, and, <laughs> and put the past behind us. And I think, I mean, Cam Akers is such a good benchmark because they're being yep. drafted similarly. Yep. yep. And it's like, one of them has an injury. We've never seen a running back come back from one of them has an injury. We've seen multiple running backs come back from one of them is on something people are predicting to be a top five offense. Yeah. One of them might be contending for the number one pick in the draft next year. Right. Like they're in such <laughs> different situations of like, why are these guys being drafted so close when they both are injury risks and one of them has a chance of being on one of the best offenses in the NFL and the other one could possibly lose his job or be on one of the worst offenses in the NFL. And I just, I really like the ceiling there. And I'm a huge JK Dobbins fan. I think especially when we're talking like dynasty football while he's in a rough contract situation, I think he could be in the conversation of like a first, second round player next year if all things goes all things go well. And he's the closest to what I'd say is maybe like what we saw from Josh Jacobs last year, where he was just being left for dead and then just we're like, Oh, he's the only guy in that offense is getting a ton of touchdowns, a ton of work, and is a top three, five running back. So I love him and I'm there for that. And that's my bold prediction for it. Yeah, it's great. I mean, Dobbins is electric. I mean, he had five point six five yards per carry last year. Now, granted, it was only eight games. But back in 2020, when he played 15 games, he was at 6.01 yards per carry. Like, he's dynamic with the ball in his hands. He just needs to get the volume. And I think he will. And I think you're right. Like, he could be the last guy standing on that team and just go, he's there. Like, he's going to get the volume. I think we've seen a lot with, like, Rashad White. Like, even if Rashad White's not great, he's going to get a ton of volume. Like, Josh Jacobs last year, you're right, had a ton of volume. Everybody was like, ah, he's not that great. He's played in the Hall of Fame game, Zamir White, Zamir White. And then it was Josh Jacobs left and right last year in fantasy. If you drafted him late, you you benefit from it. And so many people have been arguing about the target share in in Baltimore, which is fair. We have no idea what that target share is going to look like anymore. It's going to be weird. Mark, Mark Andrews is dealing with some, like, undisclosed injury. Like, was so, but I think that's kind of, overtaken what we talk about for that Ravens offense and missing the point of like, we know what this backfield is going to look like. It's yeah. going to be JK Dobbins and then a couple of Gus Edwards, but Gus Edwards is who he is at this point, which is a really good second back. Yeah. And I think it's just kind of overblown to where people aren't looking at Dobbins enough. I guess philosophically, I'm curious, Zach, if your take relies at all on a little bit of a step back from rushing volume for Lamar Jackson. Hmm. No, I think, I, I think he could take a little bit of a step back, but I think one of the best parts of it is that Lamar rushing the ball is what makes Dobbins so efficient. Having that RPO quarterback, we yeah we creating saw a lot the, in Philadelphia. Yeah. They have a good offensive line. There's a lot of lanes open. That I mean, Dobbins doesn't have that kind of efficiency without the threat of Lamar Jackson, and that also creates a huge touchdown upside. The threat of Lamar Jackson rushing in touchdowns leaves defenders that like quick half second to decide who they're going after that you've seen really really productive rushing offenses it's from. true so I yeah think it just all leads into dobbins having a really good upside so you'd so, say same same volume you project for lamar rushing i i, I could see a little bit of a regression to be complete in, in terms of volume i could see it if they throw the ball more i expect him to throw the ball more so he probably won't hit 
the crazy heights of over a thousand yards we saw. I don't think but so either. Six to eight hundred, I think, is still I think really so. good range. Exactly. And yep. I think with that, Dobbins can still get a thousand yards rushing. And again, I think a lot of this take relies on the touchdown ceiling and the more receptions that we could see. So even if he gets a thousand yards and has somewhere along the twelve to fifteen touchdowns, you could that's a top ten season. So yeah. that's where I'm banking on there. Well, that's our bold takes, boys. We got to the spicy part of the show. Do we have a rapid means- fire? Do we, do we want to get our last couple off? Because I told Dustin to do three. If you have a third one, Dustin, that you want to just yeah, I do. Throw, send the shot. Let's throw one more each of just a quick rapid fire take because I got another one loaded. Kev, I know you do. I got a couple. I won't go too deep in here. So, yeah. uh, Dustin, yeah, give us one. Give us one. Uh, I'll just ride with you. Offensive rookie of the year, Zay Flowers. He's got the best quarterback out of all the receivers. I think Bijan's in a timeshare. I think Jameer Gibbs is in a timeshare. He has a clear path to the best season for a rookie. I love that, Dustin. And, you know, I actually just bet with Zach last night because Zach doesn't think Zay Flowers is going to be a top 36 wide receiver. So I think that's free money. Let's let's tell I said there's a good of a chance that he's a top 36 that he isn't if that target share is he's the fourth on the offense. I I hedged my bet. He's worth a, on the, I think I he's think, easily three on the offense. I think he's a slam dunk for top 36. I, I agree that he's three. I had, I mean, I just said I could see the scenario where it's Andrews, yeah. OBJ, Bateman, then, then Flowers. Zay Flowers. I agree. I just think, I just think his demeanor and his play style will get him on the field more. I think Bateman is, I like OBJ. Bateman's got some injury concerns. OBJ's got some injury concerns. Mark Andrew has some banged up injury oh, yeah. concerns. I mean, we like Isaiah Likely as that handcuff tight end but i think zay flowers is out there and listen i've met zay flowers multiple times you cannot meet the guy and not just instantly fall in love with that oh, dude. that's he awesome is so he is so much fun he just that's has cool. this smile on his face all the time the dude loves football like just from a personality standpoint i can't not root for him because he was just such a great guy to meet i wanted him to be a bill Personally, i did too man. i really I wanted him to be a bill don't get me wrong. I am a huge Zay Flowers fan. I think after JSN, he was the next wide receiver on my board in this yeah, rookie class. I agree. And I love his talent, and I think he's going to be a star sooner rather than later. So yeah. I have no beef with it. My bet with Kevin was purely on odds. So I think we'll, it's we'll I think it's on there. I, for me, it's a slam dunk. I'm already spending yeah. that money, Zach. Um, <laughs> rapid fire. What you got here, man? That's a great Third pick, Dustin. Pick. I love it. Um, all right, a couple. Can I say all of mine, Zach? It's three. I'll say them quick. I won't even make cases. It's, it's I don't think the Texans are going to finish last <laughs> in the AFC South. I think the Texans Ooh. are definitely going to leapfrog at least the Titans or the Colts. I think the Jags are winning that division. I think the Titans are a little scarier than originally thought. I think their offseason was pretty good. I The fact that they're not rebuilding is blasphemous to me, but I think they'll be a middling team. So I think... I think I'll project the Texans to be better than the Colts, which maybe isn't as bold as I thought it was when I typed it. Um, I think Derek Carr is going to shock people and be great. I think he's going to be a top 12 Mm -hmm. fantasy quarterback. I think the Saints are going to win that division. And last but not least, I think my guy, Brian Dable, is going to prove that the Giants aren't a fraud and that the Giants are going to be great again this year and at least make the playoffs, I'll say. All right. I'd say that last one was a little less bold than the others, so I see why yeah. you think. I mean, they made the playoffs last year with the worst team. So, it's but, like- but but in in our circles, how crazy is it to 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 believe in the Giants? They're so they're the lowest hanging fruit right now. I mean, it is. They were fluky. I mean, right. I don't expect Dan Jones to rush for seven hundred yards again, but I do think they're good. 
I, I'm not a believer in Darren Waller, but I'm a huge believer in Isaiah Hodgins. I think he's going to carry that Isaiah load. Hodgins. And uh, I do yeah. think they make the playoffs. Yeah, it's not a Super Bowl, but I think it's still bold. How about how about Carr, Carr being a top 12 fantasy QB? Crazy? Yeah, yeah, That's not crazy. Right. It's not a question. I mean, he was QB 13 two years ago. So I like he his weapons. To, he's just got to not turn over the ball. He just has to not have, you know, 14, 15 t- interceptions again. Right. I think he'll get there. I love it. All right, Zach, take us home. Yeah, take us home. Uh, the Seahawks are my pick to win the NFC championship, I think. Oh, NFC championship? Crazy. Yeah, I think. Oh, I thought you were going to say uh, NFC West. He said the whole <laughs> NFC. Oh, whole NFC. Um, That's I bold. Think there's a chance the 49ers could fall apart. That has been yep. one of my discussions this offseason. I think there's a good chance Brock Purdy isn't otherworldly, and their team That's ghost suffers pepper because bold. of it. So I think the Seahawks can go through. Once you get in the playoffs, that NFC is really any man's game. The Eagles are going to be the toughest team for them to beat there. Definitely. But they added JSN, who the second half of the season, I think they'll have the best wide receiver core in the NFL. If Lockett, DK, Smith, and Jigba stay healthy. I think both Kenneth Walker and Zach Charbonnet are dynamic. And what happened to them last year was we saw their offense really falter and kind of go back to middling. If we yep. see another good Geno season, they added some real firepower there. Their offensive line is very capable. They have one of the youngest and talented defenses in the NFL with one of the best cornerbacks that went kind of under the radar because of Sauce Gardner, but he's very, very good. I think they have all the firepower, a great coach, and can win the NFC and take their way out. So I, love I left that off because I think it's the least likely of my bold predictions, but I do think it is possible. I love it. That is bold. <laughs> I love it. I love the quiet oh. after me. Oh, yeah. It's just, I, I, <laughs> I, just like, when you said the whole NFC, I was like, wow. Same. Like, that's over the, I mean, I could, I agree with you, the 49ers could fall apart, but you're talking over the Eagles, over Dallas, over the Giants. I mean, I love it. Yeah. I think the only real, real big stone in their way is the Eagles. Yeah. Uh, I do think the Seahawks, I do, I do think Dallas is a really good contender, but I think the Seahawks, Dallas, that's a coin flip. They could beat them pretty yeah, easily. I agree. That's a coin flip game. And if we see it, listen, the playoffs are fluky. All it takes yeah. is one win against the Eagles, and I think they can get there. So that's yeah. why I think it's possible. Big time. That's, yeah. that's, well, that's a bold take. I like it. <laughs> I love it. We are rounding the show to a little bit of a close, but we have a dynasty expert here with Dustin. Let's go. So we, we can't not take advantage of that because we're both fiends for dynasty as well. So what we're going to do the end of the show is we're going to give a dynasty bench stats. The season is starting and we want to talk about one player that you maybe can throw on your dynasty bench before the season starts that could be a sneaky addition to your team at some point. So we're looking a little deep. Don't have to go crazy, crazy. Or if you want to, you could go <laughs> unnamed rookie wide receivers, whatever you want, Dustin. Throw them in there. And we're each just going to bring up one player for people to throw on their bench before the season starts, before it's too late and they become good. All right, I'll give you my deep, and then I'll give you just one name real at the end, a deep, deep, deep guy. My deep cut is A.T. Perry, rookie for the New Orleans Saints. Big dude. He is 6'5", 205. He is a field stretcher. He can present a big body. Michael Thomas is a shell of himself. Derek Carr, I think, will be good. I agree with you that he, Derek Carr is going to be good here. We have Chris Olave outside, so A.T. Perry is not going to see top coverage. His last two years in college – over a thousand yards receiving. He threw put up 15 touchdowns last year, 11 the year before, with Sam Hartman throwing in the ball, who's now playing for Notre Dame. Like he played for Wake Forest, which isn't a big school, but also not a small school, still plays in top conference. 
In 2022, he was 16th overall in college football in yards. He was 17th in touchdowns, which is more than like Josh Downs and some other names. He was 14th in receptions. 2021, he was 71st in receptions, didn't have a ton, but still was 13th in yards and third in touchdowns in 2021. Big play guy, huh? Big play, like just a real efficient, like big play guy. When you're talking about receivers, we love these slot guys. And that's what this this draft class was, a ton of slot slot guys. A.T. Perry was one of those guys who can play on the outside. He had a decent combine, not great, which I think dropped his stock. But he played for Wake Forest, so not this huge, you know, not a big name school that you think of when you're talking about receivers. But he could find a niche. He could play that Michael Thomas role when Michael Thomas eventually gets hurt and misses the rest of the season because he got a hangnail or whatever bothers Michael <laughs> Thomas and he doesn't play. Literally. And even after this year, like Michael Thomas is at a part in his contract where he could be gone next year. He's not really under contract. A.T. Perry could be that too next to Olave, where he is the big DK Metcalf to Olave's kind of, you know, Tyler Lockett mold on that offense for for New Orleans. So I think A.T. Perry is a guy that I would stash on my bench, maybe throw into my taxi squad because I don't know if he gets a ton of production this year. But if you have a spot, he's the guy I'm picking up this year. And then my deep, deep, deep cut, not someone you should pick up unless you have an open taxi squad, is Justin Shorter for our Buffalo Bills. Gabe Davis is in the last year of his contract. Justin Shorter, 6'4", 223. Didn't have a great college production, but could fill in on the outside and play in two down sets for the Bills if Gabe Davis leaves out of this year. So he's a deep sleeper. A monster Someone to keep of a an man. eye on. Yeah, monster of a man. And look good. And he was a top like five recruit coming out of high school. Didn't produce really well, but like he was up there in terms of recruiting coming into college. So I like what he could be for the Bills. It might take a year or two for him to get there. Now, if Gabe Davis resigns, I'm off Justin Shorter. But if they let Gabe Davis walk, they're going to be looking for another guy to play in two receiver sets with Diggs. I think Justin Shorter is the guy to be there. I love it. Those are great picks, Dustin. Got to get, you know, that deep dives is what I do. That's my niche in Dynasty. So I love that. Well, then you, you'll probably like, yeah, you'll probably like my names. And I have, I have two, I have a similar two stack. I have a, a, a not so shallow or, or, or not so deep and then a, a pretty deep one. So I'll, I'll start, I'll start easier. Cause it's kind of a layup. It, it was deeper a couple of weeks ago. I was ahead of the curve on this one. And now, and now this name's kind of in vogue, but Syracuse running back undrafted free agent, Sean Tucker, mm. who is now getting this RB two buzz in Tampa, which is like crazy because like this man was available at the end of your drafts yeah. in rookie drafts. If you drafted around the time of the NFL draft, which is when I think you should draft before all the information comes out. I think it's a lot more fun to call your shot right after the NFL draft. And and so Sean Tucker, his profile, he's a great pass catcher. I actually watched a lot of uh, Syracuse football last year because they started undefeated. And I was like, oh, maybe they're good. And then they, I think they might have lost out, which was pretty cool. Um, classic upstate New York sports. Um, but uh, I love Sean Tucker and Zach and I were actually just talking about where do you pull the trigger in late in dynasty drafts? Because if you can get them and Rashad white, isn't the dude, which, you know, the jury's out uh, uh, yep. some, some love, some hate, but Dustin pointed out earlier in the show, he's going to be a volume play this year, regardless. So not somebody who I'm necessarily running from, but somebody who the bottom could fall out very easily at which point Sean Tucker projects to be standing right there in waiting to take that opportunity. Um, and that's my not so deep one because of the recent talks of, you know, he made the team. He he's RB two might have value this year, which is crazy. Yeah. Um, and then I'm going to go with my deep, deep, which is Derek Carr's not, doesn't have forever to play. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like the saints young guy, Jay Kaner. Yeah. Um, great, great production in college. Uh, we did some profiles on him for legit football and, and I was going to be watching closely where he ended up 
And I like the Saints as a landing spot for him because I don't think Derek Carr has five years left. I think he might have two to three. Yeah. And if Jake Hayner is sort of the the successor, if he's just waiting in the wings, he's got the potential to be a great dynasty stash. He's a taxi squad guy for me, for sure. Yeah, especially in two quarterback leagues. Like, you throw him on your taxi squad because you don't know. Like, Derek Carr probably only does have two, three years left. And Jake Hayner can develop. He'll get that time to learn. And I think that's I think that's a great take. Appreciate that. That means a lot coming from you. <laughs> how badly I would like to see Jameis Winston get traded to a team to play Dude, football. <laughs> for real. He's I'm not going to play this year. He might not even play no, this year. Like he's he might not going to play. They said he might be the emergency quarterback, which means he can't play unless the other two are injured. I would I would love to see him go somewhere else, please. So Tans they have, still think they've, they've named him. Taysom Hill as a quarterback. So it's him and I Derek Carr. So if Derek yeah. Carr gets hurt, Taysom Hill has to play quarterback. And Jameis Winston, if he's the emergency third, can't play unless the other two are. Third. The That's problem so is if you stupid. make Taysom the emergency third, he, he can't, can't play, play and he, he can only play. play quarterback. The rules are with you. So they made Jameis Winston the emergency third. So he only comes in if the other two are injured, which also puts him in a tough spot. It means you can't you can't bring Jameis in and have Taysom out there as a wideout. I think they should have kept Taysom as a tight end and moved Jameis in as a two, but you know, they're gonna yeah, do what they want to I mean, do. I think they wanted Jake Heener on the roster somewhere. Or I, I like Jake so I don't know what they're doing. No. Yeah, it's tough. tough. Well, Sean Tucker would have been my pick as well because I've I've talked Kevin into Sean Tucker in the last <laughs> couple of weeks as well. Yeah, I, I was kind of thinking like he was a longer play, but Zach Zach was banging the drum a little earlier than than consensus. I love it. I mean he had the heart issues that made him go undrafted, which yep. is unfortunate, but so unfortunate. Player. Uh so I would go neither of my guys are rookies, which will roll on here. Mm-hmm. Um I think Jalen Tolbert for the Cowboys okay, had some good hype rolling in last year and then had an absolutely horrendous rookie season. Barely saw the field. Wasn't yeah. good in any, and it had one of the worst like camp reports ever, but this preseason he's looked really good and there hasn't been a lot of hype around him. Dallas has CD lamb and then they brought in Brandon cooks. Who's a little older. And then Michael Gallup's coming back. But other than CD lamb, those other two guys really aren't locks. Tolbert, is the best to see slot repetitions if they do push C.D. Lamb on the outside more and more. One injury goes away, and there's a lot of targets to be had in Dallas, and I do think Jalen Tolbert coming out of college was a prospect I really, really liked. He had a good reception perception profile too, and then just saw some like really bad camp stuff reports. So after what I saw this preseason, he looked a lot more polished came from a bit of a smaller school too so maybe he just needed that season in the nfl he's someone i like throwing on the back end of my bench just because things in dallas can change quickly and if it does that's a lot of targets to be had so he's yep. one guy that was I he the return by. guy last year i don't think he did a lot of return. no he didn't last play. year uh he, was uh they had Monte pretty, turpin was a return that's who it was that guy was electric that's what i was thinking yeah. of no yeah. tolbert didn't see the field a lot at mm. all in his rookie season he, uh, hardly at all the, yeah but uh, his preseason looked really good. The camp talk on him has been much more positive than it was last season. So he's someone that I think a lot of teams may have dropped or be willing to just ship off that I like adding. Um, and then, oh, man, I didn't have a more deep, deep play ready to go here. But I do, Gut think, check. I can pull, I think, I do think I can pull some stuff out. I of also think well. for whatever it's worth while you look, I'll, I'll give you a, a, some filler. Oh, I'm ready to go. Don't oh, you worry. Just kidding. Yeah. Well, I was just going to say, I think, <laughs> I think Tolbert's path to snaps with Michael Gallup being the wide receiver three there are, is realistic. I think yeah. he can push Gallup for, for snaps at the wide receiver. I don't think Gallup is going to come back from, from – I don't think he's ever going to be the same player. 
No, I, I agree. No. He was a guy I loved out of Colorado State, but the injuries has really bogged down. Taking their career, toll. So. Yeah. Um, my other guy, again, not a rookie, kind of really similar story to Tolbert, um, is Calvin Austin for the Steelers. Mm. Mm. Super, super small guy, but was a really polished receiver coming out of college, more than I expected. Again, had a good reception perception profile, which I am a good a, a protagonist for because I work there. Big but time. <laughs> he was a guy that, is as for such a small receiver ran a full route she really well he played outside all of his time in college he was not a slot receiver and he was a really good outside receiver i don't think that'll translate to the nfl i do think he's a slot guy and while Allen robinson will probably lock down that role pretty early in the year i don't know if he has much juice left so yeah, it's he like, sucks i'm sorry no he's good change. he's yeah. gonna be fine dustin i like i like Allen robinson on air I do let's make it better he plays slot for the whole season, but if that changes, and Deontay Johnson's not on contract for super long here, they tend not to re-sign wide receivers a ton there, and I think if he gets that type of role, he could succeed. We saw a lot of good performances from him in the preseason. He was looking electric, quicker. He had a lot of injuries his rookie year, too, so again, a player that was probably dropped in a lot of dynasty leagues or not cared about that maybe you get an injury this season maybe you don't next year i do think he could be looking at a role in that offense and the steelers are great at drafting wide receivers so i just like that as well yeah i like it well beautiful guys i mean great episode i'm looking forward to the nfl i'm getting uh, every episode we do the more and more excited i get you can there's a twinkle in my eye that hasn't been in there for <laughs> months and months now i every time i hear sunday ticket my my heart just skips a beat the red zone can't wait to get back dustin you were great at the expo man it actually helped us out in our booth more and just chilling there <laughs> he's so the unofficial I, third member unofficial of this podcast, podcast just for the record you know it was you just were, you guys were so cool to hang out with and uh, you guys bomb, were dude. nice enough to let me put my bag there because like most people i had all my luggage and i had to do my backpack and I was like, hey, I got, you know, I went and did my tours. I came over. I loved you guys doing those, you know, those grids and so talking to you guys. It was just a lot of fun. I love helping out. You know, I'm all about connecting with people and, you know, helping out where I can and making sure people have the best experience they can have, whether that's at the expo or playing fantasy or Twitter or on their podcast. I just want to be, I want everybody to have fun and, and enjoy their, their time in the community. So. I'd well, say Dustin, there's a 100% chance we have you back, Dustin. We, we just can't get enough of your energy, your positivity, your, yeah, your takes. Talk, if you want to talk deep sleepers, that's my that's my forte, man. I do a monthly article on them, so I've That'll got be, deep sleepers all day. That's our next episode yep. then with, with Dustin, for sure. Before we let you go, Dustin, go ahead and tell people where they can find your work, what you got going on. Just a little self-promo here so we can get you some attention that you very much deserve. Big yeah, time. the best place to find me is on Twitter. So it's the D Unit 13. So T H E D U N I T 13. Um, I'm the content director at Dynasty Pros. So we've got articles coming out left and right there. Um, and then I also work with QB List. So I'm our sit start coordinator. So we actually start those on Thursday. So we cover every game, every player. We don't just give you a sit start. We give you, hey, this guy, start this guy because he's going to be a wide receiver too. And we have a range of uh, points for this. So like a wide receiver two for us is like 15 to 18 points or 12 to 18 points or something like that. So we don't just tell you start guys. We tell you, hey, this is what, where you can project them to be. Because the worst case scenario you get is, you well, I have three wide receiver ones and I can only start two. Who do I start? We go, hey, this guy's a wide receiver two for us. So start these other guys. So we want to give you every player, every team, every game, and, and a range of outcomes for those guys. So I literally did my two articles today. I got to go back in because I did the Kansas City games. So now I got to go and adjust oh. my Travis Kelsey take. Um, but we try to give you those guys. I do a monthly article there. It's called the Dynasty Future Report, where I give you five guys every month that are deep stashes. So 
I was touting Josh Palmer two years ago. Um, and obviously if you picked him up, he did well. I was touting Sam Howell last year. I was touting, you know, guys like that, you know, Kyle Trask, like, Hey, pick these guys up. Now they're free stash them on your bench. And then hopefully they pay dividends. So, uh, you know, I just put out August last week and I'll be doing September as I just started it. So it'll come out later in the month, but yeah, I love that kind of stuff. That's where you can find me. And I do write for dynasty pros as well. Do some work with front office pros as their, uh, strategy and growth and planning strategist. So help those guys with their podcast, get some guests on. So I'll have to get you guys on there with those guys talking about football. So Totally. Yeah, and I love it. I do just guest spots. So if you are you have a podcast and you want a guest, uh, hit me up on Twitter. I'd love to come on and talk football with people. So it's, that's where I'm at. Let's go. Yeah, go find Dustin. Well worth the follow. I check out your work all the time now. Thank you. The Dynasty Insight is incredible. So we appreciate having you on the show. Go give Dustin a follow. Subscribe to the show. Our shows are going to be on YouTube moving forward as well so you can see the video. Yes. Please check out Coffee Shop Sports. And we appreciate everybody for listening. You guys have a good rest of your day.